In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a long time since I rock and rolled. Feel like I haven't been here in months. It's only been a week, but it feels like months. I missed you. Hope you missed me as much as I missed you. I'm back for a little while anyway. How is everyone? How is your Mother's Day going? I hope all is well. I hope all you mamas out there are fat and sassy. That, that's the wrong thing. Happy and uh, content. That's the right thing. That's better. What's up, Walter Davis? Kevin Cox, ATL. Good to see everybody. Longhorns with April, Darlene, and Michael Hatchett. Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers, even you, Squatch. That's lovely. Well, tell them I said Happy Mother's Day. I miss them. And uh, they could come visit me every now and then. I'm here all the time. Walter, how you doing, buddy? Nice hot cup of coffee I got here. Cigarette. Mountain Dew. Ready to go. <laughs> I do apologize for the abrupt week off. I had business I had to attend to. Uh, Mama is far away. I don't know how to get to her, says Andrew Langlois. Hmm. Well, that's terrible. I don't know how to get to my mama either. My mama's been in heaven since 2015. I ain't got no idea how to find her. She's up there somewhere, though. How are you, Andrew? Good to see you. Anyway, as I was saying, the uh, April's drunk. <laughs> that does not surprise me. So my band is uh, back together officially. We've come out of retirement. And... uh putting it all together this week for the next four Mondays. I will not be here because I have rehearsals for four of them. And then I'll be back on schedule. Uh, but bear with me until then I'll get it when I can. And when I can't, you'll just have to watch a rerun. And, uh, cause I got to make some money at some point or I'm going to starve to death. That's just the way it is. And, uh, so I hope you guys understand that Walter says, I'm okay. It's been a long week. Last week and a long weekend. Don't know if I want a day off or to go to work tomorrow. I hear you. I, I wrestle that every day. Every day my alarm clock goes off at the ass crack at 1230. <laughs> and, and I have to wrestle with myself every day. Do I, 10 more minutes. 10 more minutes. I, I, you don't have 10 more minutes. Get up. Get up, lazy. Okay, I'm up. I'm up. ATL says ramen noodles. I hear you, brother. Unfortunately, I've been surviving off of ramen noodles for the past two and a half, three years. And hot dogs and McDonald's and 
it's time to make a little money. So my band's back and I'm working, so gotta go make that money. I'm not drunk, Kevin. Spoken like a drunk, true drunk person. It's the first thing a drunk person would say. I'm not drunk. Where's my keys? Do you know Des Michaels? I do not. I don't think I do. The name doesn't sound familiar. Who is it? You will crave the noodle when you stop eating them. I'm sure. I'm sure I'm addicted to the the uh, high egg content. Hey, April. Good to see you, sweetheart. Thank you very much for the gift this weekend. It's much needed. Appreciate it. Happy Mother's Day. And tell your mom I said Happy Mother's Day. So who is this uh, Des Michaels? How's everyone doing? Good to see y'all, says April. Well, I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm excited to have my band back together. Next four Mondays, I'm going to be off. I won't be here because I got rehearsals on Monday. It's the only day we could do it, so that's the day it's happening. Sorry, I meant Michael Des Barnes. Still don't know him. Sorry, don't know the name. Is that Barnes or Bars or Barres? Can't tell. Hey, cuz, it's Robin. Show looks great. Hey, Robin, I don't know who you are, but hello. Or maybe I do know you. I don't know. I can't remember. But welcome, and thank you for the compliment. Kevin is drunk on old fart fashions. That sounds like a Kevin statement. Fab Daddy, what's up, buddy? I missed you, too. Good to be back. Good to be missed. Glad I'm here. Duet 32.8. Still spitting the wealth. That's a Deuteronomy, not duet. Didn't see the period there. Sorry. Do you know the song Self-Destruction Zone from the Drive-By Truckers? I do not. We missed you, Jake. I missed you too, April. Thank you. Fab Daddy, how you doing, buddy? Are you having a good Mother's Day? Hope hope you are. Still splitting. Still splitting the truth. The wealth. Sorry. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I can't spell either. That's why I talk. I can't type. That's a lie. I can type a little, but it's as you would expect. In Pasadena, California, I used to go to a church called the Harvest Rock. My dad used to work with Wolfgang Kovacek. 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 I'm going with Kovacek. Sounds right. I don't know who that is either.
Unfortunately, I meet thousands of people a week when I'm playing out. And uh, I can't remember any of their names. It's a, it's a character flaw, I know. So I do my best, call everybody buddy or dude or man or some nicknames I don't have to remember. So you're back. Followed in Rumble now. Thank you, Fab Daddy. I appreciate that. We're getting there. If I can get it up to 25, I'll start live streaming over there. And that way, YouTube can't take down my my personal opinions anymore. If they don't align with their personal opinions. Speaking of which, did anybody get the chance to watch the town hall on CNN with Donald J. Trump? And that poor, poor girl. Katie something or other can't even remember her name but if you got a chance to watch that you know for a fact that now they have a reason to indict trump now they're going to indict him on murder because he murdered her at that town hall murder it was gruesome it's hard to watch they thought this is my big comeback moment and donald trump thought you know this is what i do right oh didn't go well for the CNN. Anyway, I didn't ask you if you liked Trump. I asked you if you saw the thing. You don't have to like him. Whether you like him or not, he still took her lunch money and ate her, ate her, ate her ass, whatever you want to call it. He still tore her up. She was not prepared for that. I don't much like the man either. I like the presidency, but I didn't care for the man. Harvest International Ministries is the conglomerate you are a part of for your untethered life. You are incorrect, sir. I don't know where you get your information, but you are wrong. I do not belong to a ministry. I belong to God, period. I read the Bible, period. I'm not part of a denomination. Yep, I do too. Watch him and give my time. Hey, fabulous daddy, says Kevin Cox. Fab Daddy says, I like you, Jake. I would rather watch you over Trump any day. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. That means a lot to me. And by the way, I don't know what to say. You know, I know what I'm looking at when I look at Donald Trump. I am not making excuses for the man. I'm not suggesting he hasn't told a lie or two. I'm not even suggesting he's a good person. But I recognize what I'm looking at. It's right there. And that I would take over the what's going on in the White House any day. Any day. Because you can't recognize what those people are. They tell you one thing, they act a certain way, and then they close the door and do something else. I don't like that. So hopefully that translates I hope you understand what I when I'm supportive of anything that that man does, 
that's what I'm where I'm coming from. And I hope that you understand that. Because not everybody's going to be a Trump supporter. I get that. I'm not asking you to be. I'm just sharing my opinion. It was a glorious town hall. I hope you enjoyed watching it, if you did see it. If you didn't, I suggest you go watch it and enjoy it, because it's fabulous. But I appreciate where you're coming from, too. It's not a denomination. You are covered by the Harvest International Ministry, if you wish to be. I don't wish to be. I drink my own Kool-Aid. I don't like anybody else's. <clears throat> I'm voting for Sasquatch for president, says Kevin Cox. If he cannot F this country back to the great United States, then no one can. Sasquatch for president. We differ, but it's okay. It is okay. That's a good thing. That's what people are supposed to do, have different opinions and be able to have a conversation. This thing that the crazy left is doing, that ain't America. That ain't even kind of American. It is Marxist all the way, and I'm against that. I have lots of friends who are libertarian or who are liberal. I don't particularly have a political leaning. If you were to nail me down, you'd probably say that most things I lean conservative, some things I lean liberal. But I don't call myself one or the other. But what I know for certain is that people can have different opinions and it's okay. I know that. It's not okay to shut people down because they think something different than you think or they think or whoever thinks. That's not okay. The right is crazy too. Well, here's the thing. Left wing, right wing, same bird. You know what I'm saying? doesn't matter who gets in office. You go back all the way to Abraham Lincoln. Go back to George Washington. I don't care. About 50% of the time, conservatives have been in power, and about 50% of the time, Democrats have been in power. And about 50% of the time, conservatives have ruled the House, and about 50% of the time, the Democrats have. And the same shit gets done every year, regardless of who's in power. That's the God's honest truth. The thing Donald Trump has going for him is he doesn't fit that narrative. That's why everybody's out to get him, because he is a complete misnomer. He is a complete outsider. He does not belong to that paradigm that is so carefully put together. And I appreciate that. For no other reason than that, I appreciate that. I don't agree with everything he did. I think for the most part, he was a pretty good president. I think there were some things he did that he was short-sighted on. I think there were some things that he thought when he went into office that turned out to not be what he thought it was, you know. And I most certainly think that at some point when a president gets in the office after they've made all these promises and ran this big campaign and they're going to do such and such, and they get behind the desk and a man in a black suit walks in and puts a file down on the table. And on the top of the file is a picture of JFK. And he opens that file and the man in black says, and this is how the world really works. And this is what you're going to do. I really think that. So it doesn't matter to me who's in office. What matters is what happens in the culture. The culture is downstream from politics. If we can't change that, we have no hope. 
They don't serve Kool-Aid. Oh, I bet they do. I agree, says Fab Daddy. The police will arrest you for speech. Yes, they will. Yes, they will, unfortunately. And can't keep your choice as is. Hmm. Well. The choice. Well, the only choice I have is to read the Bible and report on what it says and to the best of my knowledge. My knowledge accrued from the studies that I've done. That doesn't make me right, but there's a pretty good chance I am. The party leadership of both parties is the same, I agree. They are all on their side, not ours, I agree, 100%. It became weird because he did it. Hmm? Who did what? Kevin Cox says, I booked tickets for Elvis Fest in Mount Dora, Florida earlier. Tickets are going fast in September. Three days of Elvis impersonators. Cool. Florida. Only Florida. And Las Vegas. No trust in government. I don't have a lot of trust in government, no. Uh, they have done me pretty bad in the past. Local government and federal government. I deleted that one. With two exclamation points. Oh, that's one exclamation point. Or two. I can't tell. I wish that we... I wish that when I say can, Big Joe's in trying to blank by grammar out. I don't know what you mean, buddy. You have to be more specific than that. Something to do with Joe Biden, I'm guessing. Both parties tried to shut Trump down. He greatly underestimating the bureaucracy. Yes. Yeah, because he's such an outsider, because he doesn't play those games that every politician plays, because he's actually trying to do something different, both parties want him dead. Both parties want him out. They don't, despite the fact that half the country supports him, they don't want nothing to do with it. And it, it remains that way. The government, the presidency has always been nepotism-driven. It's always been by order of who's next in line. And there's always some case of that. There's been studies uh, people have talked about. Uh, Bill Clinton. Let's see, how did it go? George W. Bush Sr. stood over Bill Clinton's crib and said, uh, pronounced him to be president. Things like that. Something like that. I don't know exactly how it goes, but. That's a conspiracy theory, obviously, but there is some truth to those things. April will be happy. She's always happy. Stupid, stupid, stupid autocorrect. Messed this up. That's all right. Try again. I got time. Government is in charge of the phones we have to some degree. There's some truth in that. There is on every hard drive, every thumb drive, Every storage device, there's a little file called EFI. And if you have a computer, you can sometimes find it if you got the right software. It's there on all of them. And that little EFI is for the government. And they can come in and take that file, even if you've erased it, that hard drive, and they can find out what was on it from that little file. You cannot erase it. It's in there. It's built in from the factory. That's a fact. Uh, phones have it. Little... uh. 
micro SD cards have it. It's always there. I'm tired of women. Autocorrect is messed up. It's autocorrect. <laughs> You're tired of women? Don't be tired of women. Women are beautiful. Women are awesome. Grammar. When, when, when. I was not spelling out women. Okay. When. I'm tired of when. Autocorrect is messed up. Okay. That makes more sense. Clearly. I'm going to break my phone sooner than later. Sooner or later. I hear you, buddy. Walter says, because he didn't play nice and insulted them. The pompous asses were too butthurt to put the country first. That's a fact. That's another thing Donald Trump did that nobody else has ever done. He called them out by name. He started calling out the media by name, the politicians by name, in, insulting them in public, and they did not like it. He probably, in his own way, whether he meant to or not, and this is one thing you can thank Donald Trump for if you have a brain, in his own way, being Donald Trump exposed all of the corruption. They can't hide from it. He messes with their heads so much that they expose themselves. They come out of the shadows. Before Donald Trump, we didn't know anything about all of the FBI agencies and what they had their hands into. We didn't know how corrupt the FBI was. We didn't know how corrupt the media was and how many people were playing on the side of the government rather than the side of the people. All we had to go on was what they presented us, which was a facade of what they actually are. Donald Trump made that possible so that you could see that. So if you don't even care about the man, appreciate him for that, because we did not know before him. Get money out of campaigns, I agree. I think that's the biggest problem we have is money in government. When you go into government and you make $100,000 a year, because that's what government makes usually, but you come out of government with eight or ten billion dollars in your pocket. Something ain't right. You know. All right. We came here to talk about Bible, not government. So ain't but three people here anyway. I guess I'm not very much loved anymore. I, I guess YouTube has effectively destroyed the growth of my channel. That's okay. I go where God puts me. And if you are the guys he wants me talking to, so be it. I knew how corrupt the government was and still is, says Walter Davis. Okay. I knew it was corrupt. I didn't know who was corrupt. Now I know. There's a lot of things I learned over the last 12 years that I did not know before. Or anybody else for that matter. I got a lot of friends who were uncovering stuff since the 80s. Well, that may be. I'm just talking about the general mainstream knowledge of what the government is and how it runs. The average person did not know. Most people didn't. Could, four years ago, most people could not name a senator or, or a congressperson. 
and now we know all of them. It's like the WWE or whatever. They all have personality cards, you know, where they have a freeze frame and then all their information, their stats pop up. <laughs> I guess some people knew that information, but not very many. <laughs> I was hoping there'd be more people here tonight, but that's all right. Let's go down, shall we? Let's get some reading in while we got the good light. If you got your Bibles handy, crack them open to Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 8. That's where we left off a week ago. That's where we're going to pick up right now. But before we do, I got to go back up. Kevin, you got the worst timing sometimes. Kevin Cox. The Tampa Devil Rays beat the New York Crappies 8-7 today. Taylor Walls hit a grand slam. Go Rays! Are you happy? I'm happy. Do it! All right. 32-8 in Deuteronomy. When the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance, which would be Canaan, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. That means he drew the borders himself. He gave each person a portion of land and drew a border around it so they knew exactly how much land they had. Metaphorically speaking, obviously, he didn't literally draw a border, but each person had a course of land depending on the size of their family. For the Lord's portion is his people. That's what God gets out of it. The people in one place. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. Jacob is the uh, patriarch of this 12 tribe family. It started with Abraham. Jacob is Abraham's son. And on and on and on. He found him in the desert land and in the waste-howling wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. That's pretty self-explanatory. God himself instructed Jacob. Now, there's scripture back in the Old Testament. We're still in the Old Testament, but further back, where uh, Jacob wrestles with an angel. Doesn't say who the angel is. But it caused the angel the Lord. And that angel had to actually cripple Jacob to get him to let him go. Because Jacob grabbed a hold of him and wouldn't let go. So that shows you the power of man. That also shows you the power of God. But I believe that's what this is referring to. Because this is uh, alluding to the fact that God taught Jacob, instructed him in the ways that he would live the rest of his life in that desert. And that could very well be what that wrestling match was about. As an eagle stirreth up in her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings, so the Lord alone did lead him. 
and there was no strange God with him. Jacob never broke that commandment, and that's one of the reasons God blessed him, because that's all God really asked in the beginning was, don't worship other gods. I'm your God, period. The rest was added later. But the original idea was, you're my people, and I'm your God. It's very simple. <laughs> he made him ride on the high places of the earth, that he might eat the increase of the fields. And he made him to suck honey out of the rock, and oil out of the flinty rock, butter of kine or cattle, milk of sheep with fat of lamb, and rams of the breed of Bashan. Those are the big ones, the ones that climb all the rocks. And goats with the fat of the kidney of wheat. And thou didst drink the pure blood of the grape. That's wine. That's the purest wine that you can have. In, in the Greek, it would be, or Hebrew, yaye. That's the first fruit of the wine, the best you can get. That's the same wine that Jesus made when he turned the water into wine at the wedding. It was the best wine anybody had ever tasted. Same thing here. But Jeshurun waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxen fat. Thou art grown thick. Thou art covered with fatness. How many times are you going to call him fat? Then he forsook God, which made him, and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. That rock is capitalized. That's referring to Jesus, the rock of salvation. Now, Apparently, God is not happy with Jeshurun because he called him fat three times. <laughs> Basically fat and lazy. And uh, I don't think God appreciates laziness too much. And that's what this guy apparently is alluding to him getting lazy and fat and not doing what he's supposed to do and, and forsaking God and starting to go after this false rock of salvation. Notice it's capital rock, but it's his salvation, not everybody's salvation. Who is the rock? The rock is Jesus Christ. Who else has had that name before? The rock, the king of Tyre, which means the rock. Um, that would be Satan, the light giver, the bringer of light lightly esteeming the rock of his salvation. So you can read that one of two ways. Either he's forsaking God and following Jesus. That don't sound right, does it? Or he's forsaking God and lightly esteeming the rock of his salvation, which is not Jesus. They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods. Next line tells you who he's following, not Jesus. With abominations provoked they him to anger. God don't like it when you worship false gods, especially when they call themselves the rock. So who is the rock we're referring to here? They sacrificed unto devils, not to God, to lowercase g gods whom they knew not, to new lowercase g gods that came newly up, whom your fathers feared not. 
They didn't fear him because they didn't know about him because they didn't exist. You made him up yourself. Out of the rock, there's that word again. Out of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful and hast forgotten God that formed thee. You can read this two ways also. Out of the ground which you came or out of the rock that instructed your mind. However you want to look at that. Either way, it's bad. You don't become unmindful and forsake or forget God. Because when you do that, this is what happens. What happens in the world, what you see today. This is a nation that has fallen from grace. Everything that's going on out there right now is going on because the nation has forgotten their father. That is the only reason. You can trace it back. And the only common denominator you'll find is that before all of this began, there were more Christians. There were more church going. There were more people in the Bible. There were more Bible studies. That's the common denominator. That's the reason the world's going crazy. They have made a swift move out from under God. And that never bodes well for a, a country. And when the Lord saw it, he abhorred it, or he abhorred them, because of the provoking of his sons and of his daughters. That means that they not only went out from under God, but they were trying to convert other people out from under God. And God didn't like it. He abhorred it. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be. For they are a very froward generation, or downturned, or depressed, or froward means face down. Depressed, crazy, mindless, children in whom is no faith, atheist. They are a depressed generation, and all of them are atheists. Does that sound familiar? So God says, I'll hide my face from them for a while and see what they do with their own end. Let's see how they manage without me. I can tell you how they managed without them. They took a straight turn into the rocks and their culture died. Do you know any Hittites? Have you met one? Or any uh, Jebusites? Do you know any? Have you ever seen one? No, because they took their own path. And their path outside of God led to their demise. Because we can't do anything without God's permission. Not one thing, not one breath. All of it comes from the Almighty. Even if you don't believe in him, you have to admit that. I've heard atheists that have a brain like Penn Jillette, Penn Jillette is one of the most ardent atheists I know of. And do you know what I just heard him say today? I'm sure he said it a while ago, but I heard it today. He said, I don't have any respect for people that don't proselytize. And the guy said, huh? What do you mean? Aren't you an atheist? Yeah, I'm an atheist. But if you believe that there is an afterlife, if you truly believe that, if you truly believe there's a God out there who determines the rest of eternity for you, and by the way, if you screw up, you're going to go to hell and burn for eternity, which that's not true, but a lot of people believe that, so I'm using that moniker. 
if you truly believe that and you don't choose to tell anybody about it, you're a hypocrite. Not only are you a hypocrite, but you're not worthy of going to that heaven because you're going to let these people burn without at least warning them. If there's a truck barreling down on you and you don't believe that that truck is there, but I can see it, at some point I'm tackling you. If you won't listen to me when I tell you to get out of the road. That's just the truth of the matter. <laughs> at some point you have to proselytize. So Pendulet, this ardent atheist, says, I don't respect people that don't proselytize. Because if they truly believe what they're believing, to not tell me or try to warn me means they don't like me very much. They don't have any respect for me. That's the most wise thing I've ever heard an atheist say. Props to Pendulet for that. I'm not suggesting he's right but I'm suggesting he's thinking, and that matters, because even if he's an atheist right now, at some point he may find his way to God. All he has to do is hear the right information. Same thing with you, by the way. As long as you're thinking, you're doing good. When you stop thinking, that's when you lose the battle. I think that's what I meant to say there. They have moved me to jealousy with that which is not God, they have provoked me to anger with their vanities, and I will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. Who's he talking about here? Because it sounds awful familiar. For a fire is kindled in mine anger. And shall burn unto the lowest hell. That's grave, by the way. And shall consume the earth with her increase. And set on fire the foundations of the mountains. I think God's mad here. I think that's the point. I will heap mischiefs upon them. I will spend mine arrows upon them. They shall be burnt with hunger, and devoured by burning heat, and with bitter destruction. I will also send the teeth of beasts upon them with the poison of serpents of the dust. Hmm. That's terrible, terrifying. So what God is saying here, and this is God speaking through Moses, obviously, um, we're still in the tent, by the way, and Moses is laying out the law and and saying everything he has to say before he dies. That's what all of this is. Um, apparently, God's arrows are mischief. Like people burning buildings down and smashing windows and all that good stuff. The teeth of beasts upon them poison of serpents of the dust. What are serpents of the dust? They are things that bite you and then you get infected. Like a mind virus, kind of. It's the way I'm interpreting it. Um, Revelations talks about the locust army, which is what all of this that's going on in the world today looks like to me. An army of locusts devouring everything and leaving nothing in their wake as they move from one place to the next, destroying everything in their path. That's kind of what they look like. And so that's what I'm seeing them as, the locust army. 
which is why I say we are right square in the middle of the tribulation as we speak. We have been doing it for about 100 years now. And uh, if you go back and look at the details, it tracks. Go back and read Revelations and read this portion of the uh, book of uh, Deuteronomy and this portion of the Old Testament, and it sounds very familiar. There's nothing new under the sun is what Christ said. And apparently this kind of stuff has been going on for a long, long time. It's nothing new. All this has been done before. All of it will be done again. The sword without and the terror within shall destroy both the young man and the virgin, the suckling also with the man of gray hairs. That means everybody, from young to old, man to woman, doesn't matter who you are, but, 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 you're going down. I said I would scatter them into corners. I would make the remembrance of them to cease from among men. That's what I said, said God. Were it not that I feared the wrath of the enemy, lest their adversaries should behave themselves strangely, and lest they should say, Our hand is high, and the Lord hath not done all this. In other words, the only reason I didn't do that is because I was afraid the enemy would take credit for it. The fallen angels, the quote-unquote demons of the world, they're the ones that would be around watching man fall and then taking credit for it, saying they did it. That's what he's saying here. For they are a nation void of counsel. They have nobody to tell them right from wrong. Neither is there any understanding in them. They have no common sense. Sound familiar? Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. If only you would think about the future. Think about where all of this leads before you do it. Think about what your actions, what the consequences will be. If only you had some wisdom before you leapt. If only you would think about the future before you leapt. And think about the end, because it's coming. That's one thing we all have in common. Nobody's getting out of here alive. How should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight, except their rock has sold them and the Lord had shut them up? Hmm. Their rock, their salvation had sold them into slavery, into bondage. And the Lord, your real rock, has shut you up. For their rock is not as our rock. Notice the capital letters here. Their rock, lowercase, is not our rock, uppercase. That's a name. That's Christ. Even our enemies themselves being judges. Your rock is not my rock. It's not the same rock. You need to be careful of who you serve because they both come from a similar location. The devil appears as an angel of light. When you see the devil, you're probably going to be taken aback at how beautiful he is and how wonderful it feels in his presence and how majestic the experience is. Don't be fooled by that. It's fake. It's a cheap copy of what really happens when you look upon Christ. Christ is the rock, the real rock, the foundation of all things. Not Satan. 
right here, we're having a little bit of a conversation about the Antichrist. It's kind of in there. It's kind of not. You can read into it, depending on how you look at things. But that's what's being said here. Your rock ain't the same as my rock. It's just like having your enemies be your judge. For their vine is the vine of Sodom. Do you know what happened in Sodom? Sodom is a city where we get the word Sodomite from. And of the fields of Gomorrah. Do you know what occurred in those places? That's what their vines produce. Their rock produces Sodomites and Gamorites. I don't know what a Gamorite is, but it sounds prophetic. I'm sticking with it. Their grapes are grapes of gall. Their clusters are bitter. Their vine, or I'm sorry, their wine is the poison of dragons. Who's the dragon? What dragon are we referring to? And the cruel venom of asps. Now, looking back, do you remember when the people went against God in the, in the desert and God told Moses to make a staff with a serpent on it and hold it up in the air? Anybody that looked at that staff would be saved. Anybody that didn't would be eaten up by asps, fiery serpents. That's what this is referring to, a very similar event where people have turned away from God and now they're lost. They don't know where to go. They don't even know to turn around and go back to God. It's as simple as that, and that's all God wants. So whatever fruit they produce is of Sodom and Gomorrah. And if you read what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah, what kind of people were there, you understand that statement. And their wine, which is the fruit of their vine, is poison of dragons and the cruel venom of asps. It is not, uh, sorry, is not this laid up in store with me and sealed up among my treasures, question mark. Yes, it is. What is it, it, that we're talking about? We're talking about salvation. We're talking about comfort and trust and honor, all those things. That's the kind of treasures you get in heaven. You get honor for your work. You get well, they call it crowns in, in the revelations, but basically you get uh, achievement awards for what you do on earth, <clears throat> for lack of a better word. And that's what he's referring to. Is this not laid up in store with me and sealed up in my treasures? To me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time, for the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things that shall come upon them make haste. It's very quick. It's coming. And it's coming fast, the things that are going to happen. Calamity. Recompense and vengeance. Those things are coming quickly. Be ready for them. How do you, get, how do you prepare yourself for that? Well, you turn to God. That's how you do that. Because if you don't, you're going to be a recipient of the vengeance and and the calamity and the recompense. For the Lord shall judge his people and repent himself for his servants. When he seeth that their power is gone and there is none shut up or left. Meaning when the world has destroyed everybody. 
God will repent for you if there's nobody left standing. And there's likely not going to be any left standing because all of us are without um, righteousness. All of us are sinners. We can only hope that we've done enough to uh, justify our existence, to be worthy of the love that comes our way. I don't know. I don't know how that works. For the Lord shall judge it. I read that one. And he shall say, where are their gods? Their lowercase rock in whom they trusted. Where is he? Where's this God I've been hearing so much about? I'm here. Where's he? Nowhere. Oh, you mean he don't exist? Hmm. Or is it this one I got in the pit of fire over here? Yeah, that's how that's how that's going to end. Which did eat the fat of their sacrifices and drank the wine of their drink offerings. Let them rise up and help you and be your protection. That's God talking. He's going to stand before you probably at Armageddon and say, where is your God? the one that you left me for. Let him rise up and help you. I'll stand here and watch. I'm not doing anything for you. If you're suffering, if you're starving to death, if you're falling down, I'll stand here and watch. Let your God fix it. Oh, he can't? Why? Because he doesn't exist. That's why. That's why I told you 4,000 years ago to have no other God before me. I've been telling you this whole time, you're the one that wouldn't listen. You're the one that refused to hear what's right in front of your face. So let him fix your problems. See now that I, even I am he, and there is no God with me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand, says God. I am the only one, the Alpha and the Omega. I do the killing and I do the healing. Your God doesn't exist. Your God is made of sticks and stones and has no power. Your God can't stand by my side. Nor can you. I made you. I saved you. I delivered you out of bondage. And I'll put you in bondage. And it's my prerogative because I'm God. You can like it or lump it. But either way, it's going to happen. For I lift up my hand to heaven and say, I live forever, says God. Forever is a long time. If I wet my glittering sword, meaning if I stab somebody and their blood gets on my sword, and mine hand take hold on judgment. I will render vengeance to mine enemies, and I will reward them that hate me, meaning I will punish them that hate me, or give them what they got coming. I will make mine arrows drunk with blood, and my sword shall devour flesh, and that with the blood of the slain and the, the captives from the beginning of the revenges upon the enemy. Who's the enemy? 
anybody that don't believe God, that don't follow God, anybody. If you're not with God, you're against God. It's as simple as that. There are all different levels of with God. But if you're not with God, you're against God. It's as simple as that. Rejoice, O ye nations. How many people? That's everybody. O ye nations. With his people. For he will avenge the blood of his servants and will render vengeance upon, or sorry, render vengeance to his adversaries and will be merciful unto his land, that would be Canaan, and to his people, that would be Israel. So clearly we're still talking about Israel and not the whole world. So when God says rejoice, O ye nations, he's talking about the nations that have Israelites in them, one of the 12 tribes. Not all nations have Israelites. And why should they rejoice? Because they're God's chosen people and he's here to help them. That's why. He's not here to destroy them as he is going to do many other nations. And Moses came and spake all the words of this song in the ears of the people. He and Hoshea, the son of Nun. That would be Joshua the son of Nun. That word Hoshea is just another language, but it means Joshua. That's how you say it in their language. Joshua is the guy that will eventually become the army leader and in a way a type of Christ because he'll save them from a lot of troubles. And Moses made an end of speaking all these words to all Israel. And he said unto them, Set your hearts unto all the words which I testified among you this day, which ye shall command your children to observe to do all the words of this law. Don't just remember it. Make your children learn it. Make their children learn it. Keep it in your mind because this is how you need to govern your life. For it is not a vain thing for you because it is your life. And through this thing, you shall prolong your days in the land, whether you go over Jordan to possess it. You want to live there a long time? Follow the law. You want to be short-lived and you want to lose it quickly? Do your own thing. But if you want to live there a long time and have prosperousness and have great success in everything you do, if you want to win all the wars, then you need to follow the law. It's very simple. God told you what he wanted, and if you do it, he told you what he'd give you. We've just been through a whole book of it, the good stuff and the bad stuff. So it ain't just God being mean. He told you what he'd do for you if he did what he asked you to do. He gave all the list of everything he would give them and do for them and be there for them and cover them and protect them and bless them and all of that. However, if you follow the other gods, these are the bad things that are going to happen, and it's a lot of those. So, teach your children the law. For it is not a vain thing for you, because this is your life. I read that one. And the Lord spake unto Moses the selfsame day, saying, Get thee up into this mountain, Abram, unto Mount Nebo, which is in the land of Moab, that is over against Jericho. And behold, the land of Canaan, 
So he went to Nebo and climbed up on the top of the mountain, and he could see the promised land across the valley there. He could look out and see it, and behold it, this is the place where all the people get to go, and all the land gets divided up, knowing that he can't cross the border. He can't cross over Jordan into Canaan. Why? Because he sinned against God when it was important. Behold this land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel for a possession, and die in the mountain whither thou goest up, and be gathered unto thy people, as Aaron thy brother died in Mount Hor, and was gathered unto his people. Because ye trespassed against me among the children of Israel at the waters of Meribah Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin, because ye sanctified me not in the midst of the children of Israel. Why did Moses not get allowed into the promised land? Because he trespassed against God. Because when God said, go tell the children of Israel that I will feed them, I will give them water to drink, and then command the rock in the name of God to give them water, and it will. This is to bless and honor God. This is to solidify in their minds these people who have just been taken out of 450 years of captivity and have all but forgotten God. This is to solidify in their mind who God is. And what did Moses do? Moses made it about himself. He hit the rock with a staff and said, Must I provide for you always? Here, drink some water. He didn't do what God said do. He did not sanctify God in the midst of the people of Israel when they needed him to be sanctified. This was a very important misstep on Moses' part because these people needed God and they didn't know who he was. They didn't understand and God was trying to prove it. And Moses made it about himself, which is why he don't get to go into the promised land. So if you ever ask that question again, here's the answer. Because ye trespassed against me among the children of Israel, right in front of God and everybody, you trespassed against me at the waters of Meribah Kadesh in the wilderness of Zen, which is right below Mount Sion, when they gathered together there before they got the Ten Commandments. Because ye sanctified me not in the midst of the children of Israel. That's why. That's the answer. Yet thou shalt see the land before thee, but thou shalt not go thither unto the land which I give the children of Israel. And this is the blessing wherewith Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. And he said, The Lord came from Sinai and rose up from Seir unto them. He shined forth from Mount Paran. And he came with ten thousands of saints from his right hand went a fiery law for them. Yea, he loved the people. All his saints are in thy hand. And they sat down at thy feet. Everyone shall receive of thy words. <clears throat> Moses commanded us a law. Even the inheritance of the congregation of Jacob and he was king in Jerusalem. And when the heads of the people and the tribes of Israel were gathered together, let Reuben live and not die, and let not his men be few. 
Ruben is the warrior class. If you're a Dungeons and Dragons guy. And this is the blessing of Judah. And he said, Hear, Lord, the voice of Judah, and bring him unto his people. Let his hands be sufficient for him, and be thou and help to him for his enemies. And of Levi, he said, Let thy Thummim and thy Urim with thy Holy One, whom thou didst prove at Massa. What is a Urim and Thummim? It's a little box with a rock in it. The rock has a white side and a black side. You shake the box up, reach in and pull out the rock, and whatever color shines, white means yes, black means no. You can ask it a yes or no question. That's what a Urim and Thummim is. Do I think that's hooey? Yes, but that's what it is, and that's what they had. Like a magic eight ball, kind of. And with whom thou didst strive at the waters of Meribah, or Meribah Kadesh, same place, who said unto his father and unto his mother, I have not seen him, neither did he acknowledge his brethren, nor knew his own children, for they have observed thy word and kept thy covenant. Nothing is more important than the covenant between man and God. And that's what he's saying here. They shall teach Jacob thy instruments and Israel thy law. And they shall put incense before thee, the whole burnt sacrifice upon thine altar. Bless, Lord, his substance and accept the work of his hands. Smite through the loins of them that rise against him and of them that hate him. And they rise not again, that they rise not again. Meaning, make them all sterile so they can't have children and come back. And of Benjamin, he said, the beloved of the Lord shall dwell in safety by him, and the Lord shall cover him all the day long, and he shall dwell between his shoulders. And of Joseph, he said, blessed of the Lord be his hand, or his land, sorry, for the precious things of heaven, for the dew, and for the deep that coucheth beneath, that's the waters that the flood came from. And for the precious fruits brought forth by the sun. And for the precious things put forth by the moon. And for the chief things of the ancient mountains. And for the precious things of the lasting hills. And for the precious things of the earth and the fullness thereof. And for the good. Sorry. And for the good will of him. Will meaning willpower. And the good will of him that dwelt in the bush. Let the blessing come upon the head of Joseph and upon the top of the head of him that was separated from his brethren. His glory is like the firstling of his bullock, and his horns are like the horns of unicorns. That means sharp and pointy. What is a unicorn? Could be anything. Could be a goat. Could be a rhinoceros. Could be a horse with a horn. Don't know. They're extinct now. With them he shall push the people together to the ends of the earth. And they are the ten thousands of Ephraim. And they are the thousands of Manasseh. And of Zebulon, he said, Rejoice, Zebulon, in thy going out, and Issachar in thy tents. They shall call the people unto the mountain. 
and there they shall offer sacrifices of righteousness. For they shall suck of the abundance of the seas and of the treasures hid in the sand. What could that be? And of Gad, he said, Blessed be he that enlargeth Gad. He dwelleth as a lion, and teareth the arm with the crown of his head. And he provided the first part for himself, because there, in a portion of the lawgiver, he was seated. And he came with his heads, sorry, he came with the heads of the people, meaning he executed the justice of the Lord and his judgments with Israel. The people, meaning where he went in and took over the land and cut the heads off of all the bad guys, he brought them with him. And of Dan, he said, Dan is a lion's whelp, little baby kitty cat. He shall leap from Bashan. And of Naphtali, he said, O Naphtali, satisfied with favor and full with the blessing of the Lord, possess thou the west and the south. And of Asher, he said, Let Asher be blessed with children. Let him be acceptable to his brethren, and let him dip his foot in oil. That means to be anointed, by the way. Thy shoes shall be iron and brass. And as thy days, so shall thy strength be. There is none like unto the God of Jerusalem, who rideth upon the heaven in thy help, and in his excellency on the sky. That's not only the God of Jeshurun, but the God of everybody. The eternal God is thy refuge. There's that word again, Shabbat. We've talked about this a bunch, especially in Psalms and in, in books later in the Bible. The word Shabbat is all over this Bible. I mean, it's from the very first page all the way to the very last page, sentence after sentence after sentence after sentence after sentence after sentence. It just keeps repeating this word. And it is the rest or the refuge of God, the protection, the shield, the hedge that God puts around you. And it's talked about all throughout the Bible. And it's very important that you understand that God does that. And then you'll understand why you have so many close calls but never quite bite the bullet when you know you should have. That's because God's protecting you. He's looking out for you. The eternal God is thy refuge, thy Shabbat. And underneath are the everlasting arms. That's underneath his wings, by the way. That doesn't say that clearly, but that's what it's referring to. Because there is scripture that talks about the refuge of God being like a, uh, a hen does her chicks and gathers them under her wings. That's what this is referring to. This is yet again calling to a place later in the Bible, which wasn't written at this time. Yet for some reason, here it is. The exact same phrase. <clears throat> the eternal God is thy refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. And he shall thrust out the enemies from before thee and shall say, destroy them. And you can, because he gave you the commandment to do so. Now, if he doesn't tell you to go to war, don't, because you'll lose. Israel then shall dwell in safety alone. The fountain of Jacob shall be upon the land of corn and wine. Also, his heavens shall drop down dew. What does that mean? 
We're talking about sperm here, folks. I hate to tell you that, but that's what the fountain of Jacob is. That's the flowing amount of children that his family produced. Happy art thou, O Israel, who is like unto thee, O people saved by the Lord, the shield of thy help. And who is the sword of thy excellency? And thine enemies shall be found liars unto thee, and thou shalt tread upon their high places. Nobody will be able to stand against you. You will be the victor in everything you do. And Moses went up from the plains of Moab unto the Mount Nebo to the top of Pigash, or Pishgah. Sorry, I already say that wrong. Pishgah. That is over against Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead and unto Dan. And all Naphtali and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh and all the land of Judah unto the utmost sea and the south and the plain of the valley of Jericho, the city of the palm trees unto Zoar. And the Lord said unto him, This is the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac and unto Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed. I have caused thee to see it with thine own eyes. I added the word own, but you get what I'm saying. I've caused it. I've caused you to see with your eyes, but thou shalt not go over thither. You don't get to go. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab, over against Beth Peor. But no man knoweth of his sepulcher unto this day. Nobody's ever found the body of Moses. I think it's because God took Moses, because later in the Bible there's some beef with Satan over the bones of Moses, and them, him wanting to have them for some reason. And I think God probably took Moses to heaven. So I think you won't find Moses' body, but that's just my opinion. There's no Bible to, to back that up, no scripture. I just assume that because, you know, God has taken people before. They were alive, but he took them nonetheless. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. He was still very much a vigorous man. He could climb a mountain, by the way, so he wasn't weak. 120 years ain't that much when you live 900 years, by the way. He was a baby. He was still a teenager. He died because God told him to die, because he had fulfilled his job, not because he came to the end of his life. So that's another reason I think God probably took Moses, because Moses was a young man when he died. He was 120 years old. That's not old, by the way. Not when you live 900 years. That's adolescent. That's You're 20 years old at that point. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab for 30 days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. And Joshua, Hoshea, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. Wisdom is female, by the way. For Moses had laid his hands upon him, and the children of Israel hearkened unto him, and did as the Lord commanded Moses. And there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses. You want to know where the last prophet died? Right here, Moses. Not since Moses has a prophet arisen. Not since Moses. That's a long time ago. Anybody tells you they're a prophet, they're lying to you. The time of prophets is over. 
whom the Lord knew face to face. There have been a couple of prophets, but they weren't like Moses. And they didn't know God face to face like Moses did. In all the signs and the wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land and in all that mighty hand and in all great terror which Moses showed in the sight of all Israel. Nobody has been like Moses. And that's where we're going to stop for today, ladies and gentlemen. We'll pick up next Sunday the great book of Joshua. That's where we'll pick up at. That's a fantastic book there to read. I hope you got something out of it. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Fantastic and touching, deep and full of information. Won't you do me a favor? Go over to rumble.com and press the follow button over there so we can break the back of censorship here at YouTube and start live streaming at a second location. Press that like button, hit the subscribe button, and press the bell icon so you get notifications of when I'm going to be online and when my new videos drop. Share this video with somebody you love. Better yet, share it with somebody you don't love. Bring them into the family. Make them part of the fold. Be part of their solutions, not part of their problems. Leave comments down below. Let me know what you're thinking about. Question me, curse me, bless me, challenge me, confront me, conform with me, drink my Kool-Aid. Hey, make your own Kool-Aid as long as you're thinking critical. That's what I want. Critical thought coming from that brain of yours. And hey... If you love the Word of God and you can see the value in what I'm trying to pr produce here and you'd like to help out or if you feel led to send your tithes, offerings, or love offerings or if you just like to pat me on the back and say, hey, nice job, Jake, I get what you're doing. You can do that. You can support my work by going to paypal.me slash jakejohnsonband or if you're a cash app user, dollar sign Jake Johnson Band. Every little bit helps. It's a win-win. It's a blessing to me. But it's a blessing to you, too, because we live in a reciprocal universe, and that which God sees, God rewards. That's all I'm going to say about that. And now, I will take all of your questions and comments and round out this video. Oh. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed that. Questions, comments, criticisms, catharsis, lay it on me. I am here to answer. Might even smoke a cigarette after all that. Was there anything about that ending of that book, Deuteronomy, that you did not understand or that did not clearly come across? If so, tell me about it and I'll see if I can't fix it. Because ultimately, that's what I'm trying to do here. Provide a place where you can gain understanding if you don't already have it. I'm not suggesting everybody doesn't have understanding, but there are some people that don't. That's why I'm here. Hello. Did everybody leave me? Okay. Either way, I thought it was an interesting read. Can't wait to see what Joshua does. Joshua is a well-known, well-rounded general that went through lots of wars and brought Israel to the power that it became. And for a while, was the world power. Now that changes. And for a while, America has been the world power, and now China's about to be. You know, 
I hate to say it, but that's the way it goes. Empires fall. They just do. That did, and this will. But until it does, we have an obligation to try to keep it going. As they did. And they fought many, many more wars than we ever fought. That's a fact. And their path was a whole lot bloodier than ours ever was, and that's a fact. Even with World War II. And that was pretty bloody. World War I was also, but not nearly as bad as two. The Korean War and the uh, Vietnam War and the Gulf War. And it just keeps going on and on and on and on and on. All little skirmishes like the Bay of Pigs and the Grenada and on and on and on and on and on. Desert Storm, Desert Shield, and whatever the hell they were doing in Pakistan. It just keeps going. Syria, Libya, Lebanon, on and on and on and on and on and on. We've been at war for thousands of years. It has never stopped, and it never will stop. If you read the last book of the Bible, you'll find this curious little line in there that's in Revelations, and it says, there will be wars and rumors of wars, but there will be no peace. Even though they're crying, peace, peace, peace at the top of their lungs, there will be no peace. You understand me? These wars ain't ever going to stop. This one might stop, the one in Ukraine or whatever. They may stop that one, but it'll spring up somewhere else. It always does. We may have a couple years of reprieve, and then we'll be right back to it. The military-industrial complex, or for lack of better words, Satan's army, is the reason this happens, because we have to fight. That's the way of the world. That's what makes it go round. I hate to tell you that, but there will never be peace. Never. There will always be wars and rumors of wars. So even when there's not a war, people will be afraid that there's about to be a war. They shall cry, peace, 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 but there will be no peace. Think about that for a while. Ponder on it. Stick it in your noggin and mull it around. When you realize it's correct, read on. The next thing will be right, too. All right. Ain't nobody going to talk to me. I'm going to get on out of here and go to bed. I do have to get up early in the morning. So I love you all from the bottom of my heart. I will not be here tomorrow night. I will try to be here on Wednesday, but I've got a lot going on. So forgive me. I will definitely be here on Sundays, though. And I'm going to try to make Wednesday and Friday, but we'll see what happens because the week is still young. I am trying to achieve something here, so pray for me and, and be with me in spirit and see if I can get this thing off the ground one more time because that's what my goal is. 20 years later, by the way, I am not as young as I used to be, nor as great or dark-haired or as muscular, but I still rock and roll, so we'll see what happens. All right. Have a great night. I love you. I do. God bless you. Won't you do me a favor? Come on back when you see my name pop up. Have a great night. Thanks for watching.